Hello and welcome to the Royalty of the King podcast. This time David Lane, Senior Associate from our real estate team, spoke to Tom DeWilton, COO of Oxwash, an eco-laundry and dry cleaning company, about how the business came about, how it was affected by COVID, his tips for entrepreneurs who are starting their own business, and more. I'm here with Tom DeWilton, he's the co-founder of Oxwash, and uh, we're going to be speaking today about his background, his business, and some of his thoughts for the future. I should probably introduce myself. I'm David Lane, Senior Associate Solicitor at Royalty with E. King. And we've come across each other in the past, haven't we, Tom? Just just briefly. I think you were quite out of breath the last time that we uh, saw each other. With, um, yeah, you're absolutely uh, right. Obviously, that's the name of the game for, for you guys, cruising around on your bikes all day. Um, but I just thought we could um, just talk about the the business generally as a kickoff. If you could just kind of run through the background, run through what it is you guys do, that so people would just um, know what we're talking about, and then we can just get into a bit of detail if that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, really nice to be here. Uh, nice to chat. Yeah. I think last time we saw each other, I was trying to get some some documents signed to get our office where I am in, in London here. So, um, yeah, yeah, we you're, are... You're, you're one of the last clients that I've seen, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I've spent most of my time at home, working from home, so um, it's, um, it's been very different. Brilliant. Well, yeah, we are, we are Oxwash. We offer on-demand sustainable laundry and dry cleaning. Um, the business was founded in Oxford back in 2017 by my co-founder, Dr. Kyle Grant. Uh, he's an ex-NASA engineer who founded the business during his synthetic PhD at the University of Oxford. Uh, we were both at Wadham College. What we actually do is offer laundry and dry cleaning for both businesses and consumers. So that's that's primarily for small businesses, uh, bars, restaurants, cafes, yoga studios, gyms essentially all of the businesses that have been shut down through the lockdown, uh, but as well as consumers. So families, um, young affluent individuals, uh, business people. So, you know, shirts, suits, dry cleaning, uh, party dresses. Um, and the, the key things about our business are our sustainability. So our logistics are net zero. We use electric cargo bikes for all of our last mile logistics. Uh, which not only means that we're we're not you know, adding to congestion, pollution, and energy consumption. We're also uh, able to be very reliable because we're not sat in traffic and we can park wherever we like. Uh, so those are the bikes that David was referring to. In terms of what we actually do with the washing, uh, we are using the latest in in washing technology. Uh, we use a combination of of very clever chemistry and ozone to achieve low temperature ambient disinfection and deodorization. And essentially, what that means is that we can we can dramatically reduce the energy costs of our process. Um, we're also working on lots of other aspects of the sustainability to really reduce the impact of our business. Uh, and probably the most exciting of those is the filtration of plastic microfibers out of the wastewater of our laundry. Um, you know, plastic is a is a big topic at the moment, and plastic microfibers have been shown to be finding their way into the waterways, into the oceans, into the food chain in the form of fish, and then into us as humans. Um, and we we as yet don't really know the impact of that. So that's a, a topic of my job that I'm particularly interested in. So that, yeah, that's who we are at Oxwash. Can I just ask where where do you get the ozone from? Can we just get a bit of detail on that because obviously. I've seen it mentioned, but I just I wonder how that actually manifests Absolutely. itself. 
Yeah, so we use what's called a corroder discharge, which essentially is a lightning bolt in a box. And it doesn't sound or look quite that scary. But what you've got is a very high voltage, which essentially rips apart O2 or oxygen molecules. And then for a short period of time, some of those oxygen molecules recombine as O3 or ozone. And those are highly reactive molecules that will then look to oxidize anything that they come into. So it's, it's a very dangerous substance. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's the smell that you get after a thunderstorm. Um, I don't know if, you, you, if you're familiar with that smell, but if you came into one of our laundries or our laundry in Oxford, you would instantly recognize it. And the okay. way it works, it's, it will then combine with uh, bacteria, with ozone, with odors to, to essentially oxidize, which is the same process that bleach, for example, would use. So yeah. it's not used for cleaning, it's used for deodorization, so the removal of odors, and to a lesser extent, disinfection. And so, are you wearing your PPE when you're? No, so it's all it's all manufactured within essentially what's called an ozone generator. Yeah. Uh, so that is then pumped into and bubbled up through the bath of the washing machine. Okay. It's then held in the washing machine, and it has. It's not a half-life in the, the way that a radioactive substance has a half-life, but it essentially will very quickly go back to perfectly safe oxygen. So there isn't a requirement for PPE, assuming all of the equipment is properly maintained and checked. Um, yeah. So in terms of the safety side of things, we have, we have ozone detectors mounted above the machine. So if there ever were a leak, we would know about it immediately. Okay. So is that your engineering background then that's really helped... To, to bring that to bear. That's exactly it, yeah. So both Kyle and I come from an engineering background. Kyle's more the sort of uh, synthetic biology engineering side of things, and I'm a, uh, a biomedical engineer, both from Wadden College, Oxford. Um, so what we're doing with the engineering is essentially trying to approach the laundry process from scratch. So yeah. instead of just saying, okay, we'll buy, we'll buy laundry or washing machine A and tumble dryer B, we're trying to say, okay, what technology is out there and let's test it. You know, let's use the, the, the funding that we've received in the form of equity funding and let's apply our engineering aptitude to say, okay, let's, let's bolt this together with this and then let's also try this. And because we have sites in Oxford, Cambridge and London, we're in the nice position where we can test different kit and we can get different results in different combinations and the idea is that over time we will iterate towards what we consider to be the perfect oxwash lagoon and um, yeah. the lagoon is what we call our laundries sure and so at, at the moment you've got oxford cambridge and london is the, the new edition isn't it that's it exactly how have you found london London is a different beast, uh, you know, compared to Oxford and Cambridge, you know, very polite, uh, very friendly, <laughs> very cycle friendly cities yeah. um, that although they both do have laundry services, of course, um, London has other on demand laundry services. So launching a business just before the second lockdown, one day before the second lockdown has been an interesting challenge. Um, of course, we're not seeing the revenues that we would otherwise expect in normal times. But, but what that means is we're now in a very strong position um, to expand further throughout London. You know, of course, we use our bikes, so we have a limited 
range that the guys and girls are able to cycle. That's probably somewhere in the region of two to three miles, depending on the customer and the volume that we're collecting. So what we're now looking is to expand into both North and East London. We'll be using a shipping container model for that expansion, whereby instead of taking a bricks and mortar unit that comes with all sorts of commitments, all sorts of costs, all sorts of hidden costs in the form of the services we need, we're looking to essentially put our commercial laundries into two shipping containers that can be delivered on the back of a lorry, put in a car park, um, and and essentially plugged into a water and electricity supply, and and away we go. We're up and running. Amazing. Um, so, obviously, you've expanded. I just wondered what your milestones were were next. Obviously, you take a you know, very scientific approach to things. Is there a KPI that you're you're trying to achieve with with the washing process. I, I know you've seen that. Um, well, sorry, I've seen that you've spoken about having net uh, zero net emissions. That's it. That's our north star. So that that's the holy grail of the commercial laundry is to achieve a comprehensive net zero emission solution. And the big sticking point on that one is the drying of textiles or the drying of clothes, because of course. You could hang things up to dry, but it would take forever. And in a, a business where people expect items back the next day, you know, we our hands are tied and we either need to use tumble dryers or we need to use what's called a roller ironer, which is a, a huge machine whereby you feed in bed sheets. Both of those machines currently use gas, either natural gas or LPG. Um, there are electrified versions, but essentially the energy consumption is so high that this is quite quickly the unit economics break down. So we are looking into alternative technologies for drying and a big milestone that we're looking to essentially achieve is patentable patentable technology so we want to achieve intellectual property around our processes and you know as engineers that's something carl and i are both particularly proud of Um, and it is a sort of a whole new world for oxwatch in many ways yeah so so when you scale up then if you were to get people involved um, you know, in multiple cities then saying you, you couldn't obviously do it all yourself. Is that how it, it would fit in then if you've got a patent and you've got some IP there, you'd be able just to, to really scale this up and you know, go countrywide or as far as you can take it? Exactly, yeah. So what we'll be looking at is, is uh, essentially rolling out the Oxwash service in four to five further cities in the south of England. And uh, I think Oxford would would own and manage those cities. And then we'll then look to a franchise model, whereby we'll actually be able to license our technology, our software platform, our operation and our brand. And that will enable us to roll out throughout the rest of the UK quite quickly. Um, As soon as we've rolled out, well, probably simultaneously, we'll also look to metropolitan cities of Europe, uh, Paris, Amsterdam, Berlin, and the like, as well as the next stage would then be North America uh, and the western east coast of the US. So that's sort of our long-term expansion plan is to build a franchise model, apply that franchise model to the UK, to Europe, and then we would most likely initially own the operations in the US before then perhaps another franchise model. Yeah. And um, I saw that you've obviously had some some recent funding which will help you to expand. How far do you see that being able to, to help you go or will there be further funding rounds in the future? To the um, my second question on that point is do the the guys who are investing in you I saw there's some tech companies 
So do they chip in with their own advice to you? Yeah, so to answer the first question, yes, there will be there will be further investment rounds. Um, you know, we are we are just about to hit profitability. If we look at Oxford in its its own own site, um, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. But uh, for our ambitious growth plans, we will need to take further investment. So that will likely look like a a much larger Series A fund funding round um, at probably Q2 Q3 of 2022. Um, so that, that's what we're looking at. We are, we are considering a crowdfunding round, um, in the nearer future. Um, and that's, you know, we, we have a lot of interest from individuals that like to join the Oxwash journey. So watch this space for that probably later this year. In terms of the advice, the IP, the, the interaction we have with our investors, we we're in the privileged position to be able to take investors that have, you know, the requisite skills, the requisite experience and the requisite network and we find that's a huge asset to oxwash you know being able to get on the phone or on a video call and say we have problem a b or c we know that you guys or you girls are are, are the people that are experts at this you know that is a huge asset and when when we're thinking about investment we're not just thinking about the the cash we're also thinking about the expertise and the strategy um and we've recently taken investment from reckitt benkiser which is the large corporation that owns the FMCG brands, the likes of uh, Vanish, Dettol, uh, Durex. Um, and we, we, you know, the, the value that we've already extracted from their team in terms of their expertise, their knowledge, specifically in the chemistry space, but also around things like packaging and circularization of packaging and sustainability. You know, we're learning from sustainability from this giant corporate who has all sorts of CSR responsibilities that as a startup, we don't necessarily have, but as a sustainable startup, we really want to implement. Yeah. Cool, it's um, it's an amazing journey that you're going on. Did you always think that you'd work for yourself or is that something that just happened organically? Because uh, that there's some history with tree houses. It, there is indeed, for, yes. Three Oxwash. Yeah, so, so I... I just speak, just speak about that. And just get a bit on, on your, your, your background before Oxwash, please. Of course, of course, yeah. So I, um, I've always had a passion for building tree houses. I grew up in the countryside outside Oxford. And as a young, you know, a young boy, I would always be messing around in the woods. Um, I, I, I was always sort of interested in engineering and taking things apart. Um, and essentially I never grew up. So as a teenager, you know, I, I discovered that if you, if you built tree houses, you could then have parties in tree houses and it was all, it was all quite good fun. So I then managed to get myself a place at Oxford to study engineering. Um, and during my summers, I would work on my grandma's farm to earn a bit of money to buy wood, to then build more tree houses. Um, and this whole sort of cycle kept going. So after university, I'm sort of, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I learned a huge amount at Oxford that was particularly relevant for building tree houses, which was a bit of a disappointment, but I didn't let that stop me. And I somehow found myself on a island on the west coast of Thailand building a tree house for a five-star eco yoga retreat, um, okay. which was probably the best three months of my life. Um, a, a really, a really bizarre but amazing experience, sort of working on this luxury resort. Uh, with a tech team of 11 Thai carpenters um, building building a treehouse in a pair of flip-flops. Um, 
I then yeah. came back to the UK and I'd always slightly shunned the corporate route. Um, I'd always had a, an idea that I wanted to do something for myself. But as a little intermediary, I managed to land myself a job with a company called High Life Treehouses, which is one of the two main treehouse building companies in the UK. Um, and I then spent a couple of years traveling all over the UK, designing and building lavish treehouses for some amazing people, um, you know, not just kind of affluent individuals, but also schools for uh, schools, the National Trust, other organizations to be used as things like classrooms and yoga studios and drama studios. And and I'd always thought about starting a treehouse business where I'd you know, spin out on my own. But with the advent of Airbnb, you know, you wouldn't think it, but actually there's only so there's only so large a, a market for building tree houses and actually I didn't see the opportunity so that was where I I was doing a, a bit of tutoring at the time landed myself a place at Cambridge to um, do a PGCE to become a physics teacher and actually thought well I, I've got got a few months spare I'll see what's going on in Oxford in terms of the startup scene um, and that was where I met Kyle started off at Oxwash as an unpaid intern uh, looking into sustainability in dishwashing, actually not in laundry. And essentially okay. Kyle and I got on like a house on fire and and the rest is history where Kyle sort of sat me down and said, look, I need a co-founder. I think you might be the man for the job. Um, we hashed out a deal and, and that was about, yeah, just over a year and a half ago. Yeah, but it sounds like the sort of entrepreneurial DIY side has, has always been there really because um, obviously getting involved with tree houses on the other side of the world is pretty unique. You started your own business, which is unique. But yeah, it seems like that's definitely part of your character, really. I, I'm not surprised that you didn't just go for the, you know, the, the, the mainstream corporate avenue after studying. It's, um, it's quite remarkable, really. You obviously said about once you've met Kyle and um, you got on really well and you thought you'd work very well together what some of the initial challenges would have been when you guys were first sort of problem solving and trying to scale things up? Probably the biggest challenge when I joined the business was was what we call vertical integration. So that was actually first because, of course, building a laundry is rather expensive. And when you start a startup, you probably don't have any money. So um, that, that was where I joined the business, essentially, where we built our first Oxwash Lagoon in our site in Osney Mead. And... Having never done that before, having never worked for the, in the laundry industry, there are all sorts of challenges around plumbing, gas, electricity, uh, water, drainage, all of these sort of nuts and bolts things that actually my my skill set of having built tree houses and, and being a bit of a DIY fanatic stood us in good stead for. Then quite quickly, the challenges more become around the team. You know, when I joined the business, I think there were five of us. And at the last count, there were now, I think we're up to 23. And of course, okay. as, you, as you expand a team, not only are you having to go through the recruitment and the hiring process, but there's all of those other bits and bobs that come in in terms of management, in terms of introducing management structures, um, you know, all, all of the, the nuts and bolts of essentially having, needing to run a HR department within a business um, where you can't afford a HR department. So that introduces all sorts of challenges um kyle and i are both incredibly proud of our team especially the culture that we built within the team whereby you know we are huge sort of advocates of transparency uh huge advocates of familiarity 
um, of you know people actually enjoying and getting value out of their roles and always knowing where the progression lies. You know, it's yeah. we're, we're employing a lot of people that work in a laundry, um, but we think it's really important that those those people to have opportunities outside of that primary role, and that might be things in like sales, social media, marketing, strategy, all of the stuff with our technology. You know, we've now got two in-house software engineers. Um, and that's probably the thing I'm most proud of is Oxwash is, is certainly our team and how they've handled throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. We, we've remained operational throughout. We've been washing items for the NHS, for GP practices, for, um, for the hospital trusts, and also for the vaccine trial. Um, and yeah, I've just been remarkably proud that, that the team have been so stoic, so pragmatic, so careful with their PPE um, throughout the whole pandemic. Is that how you would des describe the, the culture at the business then, being quite open to, to trying new things and allowing people to, to grow into different areas from you know, what's their traditional expertise? Is that something Absolutely. That you, do you deliberately foster that approach? It is, it is. Yeah, we, we try and, and it is tricky, but we try and foster a culture whereby, you know, there's no, there's no problem with a mistake. You know, we would much prefer people in the team to try something and it to go badly for them to not try something. Because even, yeah. even if you try something and it doesn't work out, that's still information. That's still really valuable information. And essentially what we're trying to is to create an entire team of entrepreneurs where it's not just Kyle and myself being entrepreneurial. You know, it, it, the way we describe it is that each of our general managers in Oxford, Cambridge and Battersea in London they are the entrepreneur of that city, the entrepreneur in residence, and then they feed down, and it's brilliant. We have a, you know, we have a Slack channel where people are sending, you know, oh, I've I've got this idea for how we can improve the bikes. You know, I'm going to try and make a a shelf that fits in the top of the bike box to lay a suit on, or I've just had a thought on our technology, and if we if we could put this button and move it here, I think we might better better click through rate or. I've seen this email, you know, I really like this. Can we try adopting this in our next newsletter? And, it, and it's brilliant because you have this kind of hotbed of innovation within the company. I guess that must be quite rewarding because you, as a manager, I guess you have to learn on the job as well. So you're trying to drive forward the, the main kind of thrust of what the business does, but you're also learning how to deal with this growing organisation. How do you find that? Yeah, I love it, actually. It's probably been one of the biggest challenges is that that process of letting go. And instead of Kyle and I overseeing everything, empowering yeah. those that, in that, that team to have ownership. No, it's not. It's tough. And it's tough. But essentially, you know, it's all about trust. It's all about communication. It's all about active and considered reporting, whereby, you know, we don't we don't necessarily need to know what's going on, but we need to be able to access that information as and when it, it it comes about. Okay, I can see that um, you've had a couple of tie-ups recently with um, with businesses on the corporate social responsibility front. I wonder if we could just just touch on that at the moment because they seem like quite nice link-ups with the, for the business. Yeah, wh which ones are you referring to, David? With um, with thrift and HURR. Yes. Yeah. So. Let's start with Thrift Plus. They, it's it's um, founded by a chap called Joe, who's a remarkable individual. And they are essentially taking charity shops online. 
So the idea being that if you had some some clothes at home um, and they are looking more at sort of the premium end of your clothes, instead of traipsing down to the charity shop, donating them, not really knowing what's going to happen to them and definitely not getting any value from them, you can post them to Thrift Plus, who will then process them, photograph them and actually sell them for you in an online charity shop. And a portion of that those sales will go to charity, a portion will go to Thrift Plus as their cut, and a portion will also go back to you if you choose, or you can decide okay. to donate it to charity. So, you know, a brilliant initiative, great, gaining lots of traction. And what, what Opswash would like to do, and, and is the long-term project, is essentially to be able to offer laundry and dry cleaning for those items. Because especially in a post-COVID world, you know, if I'm donating or if I'm looking to buy, you know, uh, let's say a pair of trousers or a suit, if I know that it's been through an accredited laundry and dry cleaning service, I'd probably willing, be willing either to pay more for that or to pay for a separate service just to ensure that what I'm getting. So, so that's really exciting and that's going well. And we're trialing that whereby as an Oxwash customer at the checkout, you can click a button and say, yeah, actually, I'd like, I'd like, an, I'd like a Thrift Plus bag. And what that means is that we are aggregating lots of donations and we're reducing the carbon cost of those being sent. So instead of sending one package at a time, Oxwash is able to use our electric cargo bikes, net zero emissions to collect those all over Oxford, Cambridge and Battersea. We then bring them back to our lagoons and then when the time comes, we're able to send those all as one in one transit to Thrift Plus to then be processed. Um, the other company you mentioned, Her, H-U-R-R, -R, is another really innovative company in the sustainable fashion space. So Her was founded by, by Victoria, um, who we're becoming close friends with. And Her are looking at the, the fashion rental platforms. So what they're trying to do and doing very successfully is peer-to-peer -peer lending of female fashion items. So let's say... Um, you know, I or my partner wanted to go to a party um, and they wanted to wear a £3,000 Vivian Westwood dress that they they either couldn't afford or didn't want to purchase. You could rent that item through the Her platform. So you would go online, find your size, find a lender. And essentially, you could rent that item for the weekend. Um, and in terms of combating fast fashion and combating... Uh, you know, all of the energy consumption in terms of uh, processing items, processing cotton, processing all of those, you know, the, the, essentially the supply chain of fashion. By giving a second life to those items, you know, you, you the original owner might never wear that dress again. You know, they might not like it. You know, it may not fit. It might have, you know, have a bad connotations. But essentially, you're monetizing that item to give it a second life to mean that you know, we're taking away from the alternative of fast fashion. And again, of course, Oxwash is, is essentially doing the, the dry and wet cleaning for those items. So you know, if, you, if you're renting a hair dress, you have the stamp of approval to say, this has been Oxwashed. You know that A, is it clean? B, it's safe to wear. And you know, C, it's gonna, you're going to look great in it. Yeah, they seem like really good strategic link-ups. Who had the idea for them? Was it kind of you and Kyle sitting down thinking which way we can go with it or how does that work they come that's to a you? Good, i think they came to us i i don't don't quote me on that but i think because we're so in the public sphere um yeah. i believe you know we, we we get approached by lots of interesting people and and actually a big challenge is is to work out 
who who to talk to and then and then to who to sort of invest time effort and, and money into because of course oh. as we all know nine out of ten startups fail so you know if we if we if we spent you know let's say two weeks work with ten startups however many of that those weeks would, would essentially potentially be wasted um so it's a real interesting challenge where you know there are lots of players in the sustainable fashion rental space um, yeah. and we've probably spoken to all of them um and you know but we also are a business and we're looking to work with as many people as possible and have the biggest impact possible as well from a sustainability perspective sure well as you say you are a busy man so i won't take up too much more of your time i wonder if we could just have one more question which would be what advice would you have for anyone looking to start up their own business because it's obviously such a difficult thing to do and i think most people would probably find it quite daunting so what kind of nuggets of of gold could you throw out there for anyone thinking of doing that yeah i think the 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 answer is you've just got to start you know no matter how scary it is no matter how many unknowns there are the glorious thing about being an entrepreneur is that you don't need a qualification you know as soon as you say i'm going to start a business and you do anything you know by definition you have become an entrepreneur yeah. and that in itself just opens up all sorts of doors i think the big thing i would say is that you don't you don't need to know exactly either where you're going or how you're going to get there you know oxwash has changed vastly since the business was born you know in terms of the direction and and they call it a pivot you know yeah. so you're going in one direction you might say okay i'm going to i'm going to spin up a traditional laundry business and then you think oh actually no i want to be an on demand laundry business you know oh, actually no i want to be a sustainable laundry business or actually no i don't want to do laundry i want to do dry cleaning so you know a big part of starting a business is is having that flexibility and not being set on on that one route you know you've got to be flexible you've got to adapt you of course covid-19 you know we saw somewhere like an 80 80% decrease in revenue overnight with covid-19 so essentially we had to start a new business you know we had to suddenly start tendering for nhs contracts we had to suddenly start putting in processes so that we could wash safely and wash healthcare so i think my advice would be just start just do it just take the first step and don't really don't worry about the next steps just just keep going you know and it's amazing the support that's out there you know reach out to people send someone a, a message on linkedin and say hey you know can i have 10 minutes of advice and you know flatter people it's amazing what you can get yeah. if you just ask the question indeed brilliant well thank you so much tom that's been uh, really really enlightening both about yourself and the business and probably more information that most people knew about tree houses before but um thank you so much tom cheers thanks to david and tom for that really insightful discussion there into oxwash if you want to find out more about oxwash they can be found at oxwash.com or if you want to find out more about us at royalty the king it's royalty the king.com please make sure to subscribe and thanks for listening